This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture and I'm Julia Jacobs. The closure of Malaysia's international borders hit the tourism industry hard, including the ecotourism industry. But now that borders have reopened, I'm going to be speaking to two folks involved in ecotourism, Andrew Sebastian, the founder and chief executive officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia, or ECOMI for short, and Gwenda Gui, the vice president of the Sabah Tourist Guides Association, about how the industry is preparing for the return of more international travel and whether ecotourism is finally set to pick up once again right here in Malaysia. Welcome, Gwenda. Welcome, Andrew. How are you today? Hey, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me, both of you. So let's get straight to Let's get straight to it. Uh, COVID-19, we know the crisis disrupted lives, livelihoods, it, it limited travel, uh, you know, within and across borders, right? And of course, as I mentioned, the tourism industry, especially the ecotourism industry, was really, really badly impacted. Um, as far as you guys know, how badly impacted was the ecotourism sector in Malaysia for these last couple of years? Andrew, you want to go first? Yes, I think, um, uh, I mean, it's, it's no secret that, that the tourism industry the worst hit, I think, of all. Uh, and, of course, in that subset is the ecotourism industry. It's a niche. Ecotourism is a niche. So when the whole industry gets, uh, gets, gets hit, uh, I think ecotourism will be the first uh, to bear the brunt, yeah, because people will still go do the. As long as the shopping complex is open, you know, the the the, the buildings open, people go there. But ecotourism is the the worst hit because nature guides, uh, especially in Peninsular Malaysia, uh, the main incomes, especially guides like in Tawangdara and so on, the main income ninety nine percent is all uh, uh, tourists and and, uh, and ecotourism activities. So with the closing of borders and the movement control orders and so on. Uh, the guides have to look for alternative uh, livelihoods. Yeah? So a lot of guides have, 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 have changed professions, unfortunately. So we've lost a lot of good people. We lost a lot of good uh, even uh, resorts and, and product owners. Yeah? So we're hoping that uh, things will turn around now that uh, things are open up. Mm-hmm. And, and Gwenda, how about for you? I mean, as I mentioned, you are the vice president of the Sabah Tourist Guides Association. It must have been pretty tough for you, know, you and others, uh, other tourist guides as well, yeah? Yeah, um, for Sabah, yeah. We are going through like uh, uh, because sometimes uh, when Malaysia have been standardized uh, the SOP mm. that our Sabah states that they are not following. So you know, in between that, that uh, a lot of people might confused. Mm. Okay, and uh, uh, in general, for the tour guides, so we impact uh, so badly. Yeah. Yeah. Just talk about. A little bit about the, my personal, yeah, because my husband is a tour guide, my son is a tour guide, oh. uh, my second son is working in a travel agents, my daughter also is working in travel agents. Oh. Five of us actually is totally lost, no job, jobless at all, yeah, oh, yeah, no income, yeah. Well, um, like Sabah, we have the uh, um, ecotourism, yeah, mainly ecotourism that uh, really impact. All of us, yeah, mm-hmm. especially those that's uh, the kampung boys, yeah, which is uh, the mountain guides, the nature guides, yeah. Uh, all these folks actually they're going back to the village, yeah, to do whatever that they can, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those that uh, previous is not involved in farming, they try to do, yeah, and starting actually to do this, and then uh, I found out that. 
if tourism come back normal, we might not enough manpower. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, if uh, because uh, so sometimes actually this tourism when they, they when they boom, that without predict, yeah. Mm. So yeah, might be it's hard actually to adjust because uh, like the Kampong Fox, uh, the tour guides have been like comfortable with what the income that they have is not big, mm-hmm. but enough to survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For more than two and a half years, actually, that's uh, zero income that we should, we can go. Yeah. But the city people like us, well, we have to, depends on our saving, you know, our EPF. Yeah. Those already have like 55 years old that you can get it that. And then although we have, uh, uh, a help actually from the state, from the federal, for the more tech side, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the COVID uh, um, aid, but still uh, a very little, yeah. Still a very little. We cannot survive. Then uh, um, me myself actually doing a lot of like online uh, selling, selling flowers, yeah, selling okay. cookies and, and anything that, that I can get money. <laughs> Anything and to I survive. can, yeah, any anything to survive that I can put the bread on my table for the families, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It is, it is very, very hard, yeah. Yeah, I'm and so then, sorry to hear that, Gwenda. Yeah, and then uh, we are happy that the first uh, of April that the border is open, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And some states uh, government have announced that uh, um, the RTK uh, only costs yeah, international and also locals for Sabahan when they came in here. Only cost per person sixty ringgit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's the good one. And then yeah. we do have a lot of like direct flight just recently from Penang. Okay. Yeah? So we have lots of uh, um, Penang or uh, West Malaysians uh, local tourists, Malaysian tourists coming in. Okay. Many of them, yeah, for the mountains, for the sea, for the seafood. Yeah. <laughs> so things are picking up. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. And I guess before we talk about, you know, sort of the preparations that you guys have been putting into place uh, to, to, yeah, to get this going again, right? Maybe we can just quickly remind folks about uh, how important ecotourism is, you know. I mean, it... it it's a major contributor to local and national economies. I mean, it provides income as, you know, Gwenda, as you and your family clearly show, you know, to, to communities. Um, but it's also really important. Um, the work that you guys do is really important in actually preserving natural resources and cultural heritage. Am I right? Um, maybe, maybe we can just do a quick one on, you know, why ecotourism is such an important piece of our economic pie. Andrew, you want to go? Yes, I think. Malaysia, firstly, I think we are blessed. We are blessed with uh, ecotourism uh, resources. Yeah, so as a country, one of the 17 mega diverse countries in the world, we have so much of biodiversity. A lot of it are only unique to our own country and to this region. Yeah, so a lot of people spend money coming over just to see these beautiful things from the Refugees to the Bonian pygmy elephants to the orangutans. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, bird wing butterflies. Uh, beautiful birds and so on. Yeah, so uh, Malaysia is a big player, whether we know it or not. We are a big player in terms of ecotourism and ecotourism uh, products. So it is very easy for us to sell our country as a nature-based tourism or ecotourism site. Uh, as an example, uh, in 2015, uh, Ecomai uh, estimated that although only 3,700 bird watchers uh, came to Malaysia on tours with me and Andrew Siani, yeah, uh, as an example, 
But this 3,700 people spend over 20.8 million ringgit here. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's high yield. Mm-hmm. Ecotourism, especially for the uh, international market, is a high yield market for us. Uh, and if it's and it's low impact and it's sustainable, that's those are key words that I think we want to do uh, when when we want to actually develop or promote a, a certain product. Yeah, so ecotourism, yeah. in my mind, is our best product uh, to offer to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gwenda, anything you want to add to that? Oh yeah, um, I think my view, yeah, same as Andrew. Yeah, ecotourism in Sabah is uh, a very sustainable. Okay, during this uh, COVID nineteen uh, that impact. Well, if we look at at the positive side, yeah, this uh, uh, mother nature, yeah, especially that they they are uh, sort of like. Uh, um, uh, preserving all these animals, yeah, which is have been like, you know, the impact of the tourists. If if mass tourism, that sometimes, yeah, be, that uh, will impact these uh, animals, yeah. Then uh, slowly, uh, when went back to the nature, especially like clip clip, yeah, or fireflies, mm-hmm. they are they are back, yeah, for almost like ninety percent. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a cool one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the the impact is very huge, yeah. For the uh, mass tourism, because uh, uh, those days actually that the, the fireflies in uh, like Tamau in Kota Belut, yeah, nearly about like reduced to forty percent. Yes, crazy. the impact is huge. Yeah, without without uh, maybe others people knowing, yeah, the tour guides know that. But what can we what what can we complain? That's right. <laughs> uh, I mean, adding on to to the question, uh, thank you, Brenda. I think uh, Sabah obviously is, I think, the leader in terms of ecotourism and products. Yeah, but for Malaysia and from what I see, I mean, for Peninsula especially, uh, with to ecotourism and uh, and tourism industry, uh, it somehow protects and preserves. Uh, a lot of assets that we have, uh, indigenous people, uh, people who are living in rural areas and so on, will not want to go into the forest and take products from there, take wildlife from there to, to, to eat or feed their family with if they have income from other sources. Yeah. So ecotourism is sustainable and we hope it really picks up because we don't want to see a situation where the Orang Askis, for example, they have to forage a lot more into the forest and take a lot more uh, bush meat yeah, for themselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's something like to avoid uh, if we can provide uh, ecotourism uh, potentials and opportunities for them. Yeah, I think, I mean, the bottom line is ecotourism, it, it coexists harmoniously um, with biodiversity conservation, with um, local communities' needs, um, and, and really, as you both mentioned as well, has significant economic contribution, isn't it? Yes. Okay, all right. Let's just go for one quick break, guys. When we come back, let's talk about how you guys are preparing for the, hopefully, the onslaught of visitors coming to, you know, um, enjoy our mega mega diversity here in Malaysia. I'm speaking today to Gwenda Gui. She's the Vice President of the Sabah Tourist Guides Association and Andrew Sebastian. He's the Founder and Chief Executive Officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia, or ECOMAI for short. Borders are open. We are talking about whether there's more demand for nature travel, how ecotourism uh, plays into all of this, and uh, yeah, how ecotourism tourism operators are preparing for the arrival of more visitors. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9.
Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Joining me today are Andrew Sebastian, Founder and Chief Executive Officer of Ecomai, and Gwenda Gui, the Vice President of the Sabah Tourist Guides Association. They are both also nature guides and we are talking about ecotourism. Borders are reopened. How are our nature guides like Gwenda and Andrew preparing for all the international visitors that are hopefully going to come back uh, and visit our beautiful country? I mean, we have so much that cannot be found anywhere else, as you know, as you said, Andrew. We are one of 17 mega diverse nations in the world. So um, now that borders are open, uh, I mean, we've had a lot of national sort of like travel going on, right? Um, Have you guys seen an uptick in people wanting to do uh, nature themed sort of holidays? uh, Did you see that in the last couple of years? Uh, Andrew, you want to go first? Yes, certainly. I mean, it's been a very, uh, very interesting increase in in, in the uptake uh, of interest in terms of nature-based uh, products and, and, and trips and, and tours. So it's very nice to see that. But obviously, the, the, the local market, the spending power of the local market is much lower. And they, of course, the demand of, of a discount and, uh, and cheaper is... Cheaper, cheaper prices are always there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so that's unavoidable, unfortunately. So we have to go with that. Yeah. So although our our big market, of course, is international, and we look forward to them coming in right now, but it's nice to see an increase in, in local interest uh, coming in. Okay. And Gwenda, how was it for you guys in Sabah? I mean, it, I know as you mentioned, it was a tough time, but uh, you know, when when in, local borders opened up, did you see more uh, folks from Peninsula coming to visit Sabah? Was there an uptake in uh, an uptick, I suppose, in, in people coming for nature sort of uh, inspired holidays? Oh yes, uh, um, uh, which is like in Kinabalu Park. Mm. The climbing, the Mount Kinabalu climb, actually is. Every day, it's almost every day, it's full, and then I'll see a lot of Singaporean coming, okay. yeah, doing the climb, and then uh, uh, we have a group chat that says that there's Tabin, Danu Valley, they are all a tourist coming in. Even my husband, uh, back to two months ago, bringing uh, um, uh, bird watchers, mm-hmm. going to the Danu Valley, Tabin, mm-hmm. nice. yeah, okay. yeah. So I think the tourism is back. Is is back. Okay. <laughs> Finger and, cross, yeah. <laughs> and I do you guys think that, you know, the SOPs that have been put in place are clear, that people understand what needs to happen, what uh yeah, I mean, are those sorts of how are you sort of navigating those sorts of um because there's obviously some new rules that need to be taken into account, right? You know, considering how it was uh post uh, pre pandemic. Uh talk to me about that. You know, how are you guys preparing for I guess maybe less visitors or, or less people in your tour? Are those new considerations? Andrew? Well, uh, yes. So we've we've got we've got letters. We've got uh, even uh, interesting uh, infographics and so on. Uh, I myself have not gone through uh, the process and, and, and have a look at it right now. But uh, we we do know it's made simpler right now. We've been communicating with with uh, potential clients from the uh, from the UK and across the world interested to come into Malaysia as early as July. So we're looking forward to them coming in, and we're hoping with the relaxation of some of the rules or SOPs, I think uh, we keep it to the bare minimum because everybody's already vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their booster shots. Uh, it's difficult to to keep uh, social distancing when we're sitting in a boat and looking <laughs> at birds, for example, and so on. But we'll try our best uh, to, to, to make do uh, because we understand uh, it's still COVID is still a threat and we don't want things to shut down again. So we need to play ball. We need to be careful. And of course, we have to uh, adjust ourselves uh, to the new norms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Gwenda, how about for you guys? You know, uh, how are you guys adjusting to the new norms, as Andrew said? 
Well, I think for the tourism people, like tour guides, it's easy for us to adopt, yeah? Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe for the tourists, might get sometimes, yeah? Because one of the SOP actually is My Sujatra. You have to download My Sujatras. Um, uh, mind you, not every single tourist, international tourist, they came here for holiday, they're bringing any handset. Oh, so okay. without that, are they going to purchase it a new one? Or are the tour guide going to borrow them? Or company going to borrow them? Mm-hmm. For their stays, because they are well, a lot of tourists doesn't have any any cell phone at all. So yeah, I think the SOP have been strengthened up, yeah, mm-hmm. because uh, um, we doesn't want to have a uh, uh, back to those days that we have uh, restrictions, yeah, and then uh, all the tourists actually disappear, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that, yeah. So. Okay. All right. We, can, yes. we do not want uh, it happen again. Yeah. For this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We've, we've hopefully we've learned from our mistakes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, I'm guessing that things are going to be a bit messy, right? Once in people yeah. in the beginning is going to be, but it will iron itself out, and I'm sure you know we'll get back to what yeah. we were uh, pre-pandemic times. Um, we want to focus on nature. I mean, you're both nature guys, right? And um, we want to focus on that also a little bit. Um. What, what do you think is needed to sort of enhance our local sites, right? So it becomes more ecotourism compliant, you know? Maybe you can share what weaknesses you think are present and, and that need to be addressed, you know, as far as the both of you are concerned. Uh, anybody want to go first? Gwenda, you want to go first? Well, uh, during this pandemic, yeah, um, uh, lots of like uh, uh, nature site, yeah? mm. the village fox actually have been abandoned, all their boats and everything, you know, yeah, because mm. there's no tourists at all. So uh, when the uh, um, uh, uh, tourists come back, they might need help from the government to get some resources actually to repay, yeah, and then to maintain, yeah, like like those like uh, uh, transportations like bus yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have been like two and a half years been just parked outside like that under the sun, under the rain, yeah. I think. Uh, the huge uh, problems with the engines are like that, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, some, some sort of it's uh, a loss, assistance. a big loss here. Yeah. yeah, they need they need that too. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, Andrew, would you agree with that? Yes, yes, I would agree that, that I think a lot of people not need needs uh, concessions. They they need uh, maybe long term loans, for example, yeah, uh, subsidies and so on to get them on their feet. But most important, I think a lot of people uh, and I'm helping two communities now in 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 uh, Berlin and Kuala Dahan, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, trying to come up with newer. Uh, interesting package and itineraries. So we need to be a little bit more creative. Uh, uh, so right now we're t- testing, for example, we're testing rubber, uh, river tubing. Uh, uh, we are also doing uh, Orang Asli village uh, with, a, with a different twist where the, uh, we built uh, or starting to build trails around the Asli villages where the Orang Asli themselves can take you on guided walks around their village uh, and, to, uh, and to tell a story about the, the, how the Aslis live. So that's there's some of the examples where, in terms of soft skills, we need to develop, uh, create, make it more attractive so that people we can compete. Because the borders are open everywhere else. Thailand is open, Indonesia is now open. Yeah, so there's a lot of competition out there, uh, even for ecotourism, and, and we have to do uh, hardware as well as uh, soft skills. As well. mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Gwenda, what other assistance do you think, uh, you know, local tourist guides over in Sabah, what sort of assistance would be most helpful uh, to really kickstart the, the sector again and to get everybody back uh, on track? 
We do have, uh, or we receive actually Sabah Tourism Board uh, um, uh, subsidies, yeah, mm-hmm. which is uh, they pro- they provide us all yeah online guided tours, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's it's pre recorded, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's pre recorded. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but uh, not many tour guides are actually interested to have uh, these courses. Is free, fully subsidized actually from uh, Sabah Tourism. We are glad that uh, they give us a hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, why the Kampung folks actually, the other tour guide did not take up this because of they are in in the village. Yeah, they don't have any um, uh, internet connectivity. Internet connections here. Yeah? Mm. yeah, that's right. That's a problem. Even they have internet ac- connections activities, but uh, they still have uh, problems on the um, unstable. Connections there yeah. all the time. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So there are there are these challenges also that yeah. it's a bit harder to sort of sort out. Okay. Yeah, um, and then sorry, mm-hmm. and then uh, we need also the state governments, yeah, to do more, yeah, to help the the local people. I mean, uh, the local uh, tourist guides, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what sort of I mean you know maybe you can insp- expand on that you know what would you hope from the state uh, governments you know in terms of assisting I mean it's all going to come back to impact the local economy as well isn't it so it's it's something that they should be looking at. Uh, well, yeah, as I mentioned that uh, actually uh, during these uh, period times the kampung folks actually that have uh, free time so they can uh, provide them uh, sort of like a training yeah a training uh, to uh, take care of take care of this, uh, the nature, yeah? Mm-hmm. Sort of like the example, like uh, uh, fireflies, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, how you preserve fireflies? Because uh, there's lots of, like, uh, village houses actually built along the side of the river. And then even to, at night time, the, the light from the houses actually is, is so bright. And then they are using a white light. So, uh, I think the government have to look into this matter, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then uh, train them and then give them awareness how to protect the nature. And then uh, side by side, yeah, um, uh, using tour guides actually, yeah. We uh, sort of like, I do give them uh, um, a hint actually to assist them and to tell them that, oh, this light, the, the white light is not suitable. Mm-hmm. But they said, oh, this is the cheapest one because if I change another one that costs us maybe four times of the price. So we need... We need uh, help, yeah. So, yeah. yeah so these are the simple solutions that the state government can sort of come in with assistance, uh, which then will you know benefit both both sides of the yeah both sides yes both sides. Okay. All right. And yeah. I mean, let's let's not focus. Let's not forget about our local uh, tourists as well. You know, we've got so many holidays coming up. Uh, there's there's a raya coming up. There's uh, you know so many long weekends. Everybody's already yeah. busy prepping. I mean, for both of you, what are some tours that you would like to recommend? You know, that we guys, we Malaysians, can take up and come and uh, check out. So we've got Sabah. We've got uh, we've got Peninsula Malaysia. Andrew, you wanna go first? Some exciting yes, tours. Yes. <laughs> yes uh, so the Saturday weekend is coming up. Oh uh, yes. Hari Raya, of course, and so on. So yeah. So. Uh, uh, I'm a bit uh, 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 there's some self-interest because I'm helping the local communities of Patik tribe uh, along Lulu Tembeling uh, mm-hmm. along the river close to Kolokahan uh, Taman Negara uh, I'm helping them develop their ecotourism potentials uh, trails as I mentioned earlier the training had to be wildlife and nature guides uh, from the from the presentation perspective of course mm-hmm. uh, and and you know things like river tubing is something simple something that is uh, family friendly and so on uh, get people excited about going back to nature again, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, and and as Gwenda was saying, uh, I think the state government and so on need need, need to assist, need to support uh, community-based ecotourism uh, players. Yes, more because the world has opened up. Booking.com surveys, uh, UNEP came up to report, and even Airbnb. All of the reports and surveys suggest uh, very strongly that 72% or more people who are going to book their holidays uh, coming up will be booking based on nature-based activities. Mm-hmm. So ecotourism is a big consideration for people, especially in Europe, uh, when they book their next holiday. So we need to get ready. We need to, to prepare with the state and the federal government to come together to help because uh, ecotourism and the tourism industry should be sustainable for us. And that's something that we have to have, have to invest into. Because yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we don't want, you know, travelers coming here and then hating the experience, isn't it? So, <laughs> yes. and that's very it. true. Exactly. Very yeah, true. Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, Gwenda, tell me, I mean, as I told you off air, you know, I haven't been to Sabah in over 15 years. Uh, long overdue, I know. But what are, what are some tours that you are excited about, you know, uh, for us to come visit Sabah? Well, have you heard about Jurassic Park? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> There's something new. <laughs> it's just at the Tamparuli, yeah. It's just they built a sort of like a Jurassic Park in the orchard farm. Okay, okay. I have not been there yet, but uh, yeah, I think uh, there's a uh, lots of like uh, internet friends, chit chat friends, and they're sending all these uh, photos. But uh, it's cool because uh, uh, all these uh, parents are actually being all the kids going there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, suit for the for the families actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And of yeah. course, I mean Sabah's natural heritage, my goodness, you've got the mountains, you've got the beaches, you've got everything. Yes, everything just... we do have. We got food, we got yeah, we get seafood, local food, yeah, traditional foods. Come on, let's come to Sabah. <laughs> well, um, um thank you so much, uh, both of you. Um anything else you guys want to add that I might have missed out? Anything you want to bring up? I think we'd be with ecotourism, is beholden on the state government to to reinvest or focus its effort to sustainable activities and products. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we need to cut down uh, and phase out uh, extractive, uh, destructive activities like uh, logging and, and 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 the cutting down of uh, and the increasing of uh, monoculture and so on. So that that has to take a backseat because now the world is open again. Uh, it is a fact that ecotourism is sustainable. Yeah? Even the tourism industry is sustainable and we've managed well. So I'd like to call upon the state governments. I mean, uh, look into the potential. There's just so much that people will pay uh, to come and see in our beautiful country. So my hope is that with the, with the world opening up, with the country opening up, I think uh, the state and federal government should get together and say, hey, let's give ecotourism a shot because that's where the money is. That's where it's long-term and that's where it's sustainable and that's where it helps the local communities. Yeah, I mean, place more importance on our natural capital, right? I mean, yes. left intact is probably, a, you know, worth a lot more than, exactly. as you said, monocultures or whatever, which might only uh, benefit a few. Um, Gwenda, any last message you'd like to leave us with about, you know, why maybe ecotourism should be the way that we go when we're looking for holidays? Anything at all? Oh, yeah. Um, like Sabaya, we are best on uh, ecotourism. Mm-hmm. So people is coming here, especially those Europe people, uh, they are nothing more than that. Yeah, they come mm. for the nature. Mm. Yeah, even like uh, for uh, uh, those like Singaporeans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we just like crossover. Yeah, it's just Singaporeans when they came here. Actually, they come for the nature, for the ecotourism. Yeah, yeah. so uh, like Sandakan, all these uh, uh, Tawau. Yeah, oh Tabin wildlife and all these things actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. is a, a very 
sustainable ecotourism that we have here, especially like uh, even the bird watching, yeah, Andrew, yeah, is a very niche market, yeah, but uh, I tell exactly. you, uh, this is a beautiful tours, yeah, so please come to Sabah, yeah. <laughs> if you've never been to Sabah to do bird watching, <laughs> please do that. <laughs> you will yes, never I, regret. <laughs> I was just preparing an itinerary, uh, I'm working with Andrew Sandy now. Uh, uh-huh. uh, I rely on him uh, to to do tours into Borneo. Yeah, so uh, I've been just working on itinerary, and as I'm writing it, I put a smile on my face because I, I'm talking to people about uh, these beautiful birds and the wildlife to see in Borneo. Yeah, and and, and it puts a smile on my face, and I know the world will get excited once again. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Well, yes. I'm really excited. I'm going to come visit you, Gwenda, in Sabah yes. when I can, and uh, Andrew. I'm going to come. River tubing with you very soon. So thank you so much, uh, both of you, for joining me today. I've been speaking so to Gwen. I've been speaking to Gwenda Gui, Vice President of Sabah Tourist Guides Association, and Andrew Sebastian, Founder and Chief Executive Officer of the Ecotourism and Conservation Society of Malaysia, or Ecomai. They are both nature guides. If you'd like to get in touch uh, with Andrew, you can just head to ecomai.org uh, or follow him on social media. Gwenda, how can we get in touch with you if we'd like to, uh, yeah, to book that tour in Sabah? Oh, just uh, um, use my handset zero one nine at zero one two eight seven eight. Okay, there you have the yeah. number there. Give Gwenda a call. Plan that next trip to Sabah, and uh, yeah, support local communities. You know, um, we've got yes, enough. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Support the environment, support uh, local communities. Um, well, thank you so much again, both of you, for joining me today. And if you miss any part of our interview, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash earth or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9. The Business Station.